In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Alex Ovechkin. We know that he scored 800 goals, but what does owner Ted Leonsis think? We'll talk about that and much more on today's edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, in today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we are going to talk a little bit about the owner, Ted Leonsis, and what are his thoughts on Alex Ovechkin in his gold chase. Then, a little bit later in the show, we will talk about Dylan Strom. And ultimately, where does he fit into this Capitals team? He was discarded by the Chicago Blackhawks, signed a one-year deal to ultimately be that stopgap in Nicholas Backstrom's absence. But what does that mean for him in years coming up? Then later in the show, we will talk about Charlie Lindgren and the games coming up ahead. But just to get it going here, talking about Ted Leonsis. Uh, and, uh, and what, you know, what are his thoughts on Alex Ovechkin? Um, and, you know, this was him speaking at the Board of Governors or that NHL uh, owners meeting that just took place there. And part of the things they were talking about is different rule changes like high stick penalties and uh, the salary cap, that kind of thing. But when he had his opportunity to talk about Alex Ovechkin, uh, this was in ESPN, no one had asked about Alex Ovechkin's record chase when Washington Capitals owner Ted Leonsis offered up a trivia question. Who leads the NHL in all-time empty net goals? He answered it himself. Wayne Gretzky. The great one scored 56 of his 894 goals into an opponent's abandoned net. Ovechkin has scored 53 of his 797 career goals with the opposing goalie pulled, including an NHL best five empty netters this season. Leonsis had the factoid at the ready because of the criticism that many of Ovechkin's goals have been into an empty net. And I've heard that quite a bit going on. Um, around on different NHL talking heads and stuff. And, you know, should they disallow some of these empty net goals? Here's my thoughts on it. You cannot change the rules in the middle of the season. You can't say, well, Alex Ovechkin is doing too well. He's scoring too many goals. We got to disallow some of those. If you're going to even enter into a conversation like that, that must be done, in my opinion, in the offseason or something like that. You can have a conversation and try to negate goals that he's had going uh, on during the season. And furthermore, if these teams are upset about Alex Ovechkin scoring empty net goals, then maybe the other teams, i.e. the head coaches, shouldn't pull their goalies. 
I'm talking to you, John Tortorella of the Flyers. You know, oh my God, he scored two empty net goals. Well, maybe put your goalie back in the net there, and then he wouldn't do it. I mean, what is Alex Ovechkin not supposed to score these goals? And then there was that whole issue with Konechny, thinking that Alex Ovechkin was showboating. Again, if you don't like Alex Ovechkin doing what Alex Ovechkin does best, then leave your goalie in the net. It's very so simple, and I'm not even a head coach, and even I can figure that out. We're just happy to be out there in a situation where they have pulled their goalie, he said. And as Alex Ovechkin said, if I'm going to pass him, I have to pass him in every metric. As Leonsis watches Ovechkin track down Gretzky's record, there's another NHL mark of Ovechkin's that holds a special place in the owner's heart. On November 5th, Ovechkin became the first player with the most goals with one franchise, passing Gordie Howe's 786 goals in 1,687 games over 25 seasons with the Red Wings. His loyalty and his durability have been spectacular, Leonsa said. That's probably the record that will never be broken. To have that many goals with just one team is something. Ovechkin has been great for the Capitals' business during his career. The goals record chase would likely be another opportunity for the team to cash in on the hype, but Leonsa said that the team isn't looking to build an additional sponsorship or have specific marketing programs around Ovechkin's pursuit of Gretzky. Those are empty calories. We've already sold out, he said. What he's done is make us relevant. For example, executive from ESPN, Turner and Sportsnet presented at the Board of Governors meeting. According to Leonsis, each of their presentations started with an image or highlight of Ovechkin. Trust me, 10 years ago, you wouldn't come to these meetings and he's first there, he said. That's not just the Ovechkin effect in Washington, Leonsis said of the captain and his arch rival have helped make the NHL more relevant too. And you know, the thing of it is, is that hockey was not nearly as big in the D.C. market before Alex Ovechkin came here. Sure, there were some big names, but Alex Ovechkin was the superstar, and we're really starting to see that now. So I don't think you can really quantify exactly what Alex Ovechkin means to this team. You could try, but it would be difficult. He revolutionized hockey in Washington, D.C., and we will forever be in his debt. Some of the other items that were spoke of in the meeting were about a rebuild in Washington, and Ted Leonsis talked about that and said that as long as Alex Ovechkin is playing for the Capitals, there will not be a rebuild. And uh, Ovechkin said that he doesn't want to be a third-line player. And, uh, you know, you can kind of understand that Ovechkin wants to play with people that he's familiar with and, you know, people that he has chemistry with, and he doesn't want to go through those lean years like a lot of the other teams. If you want to look a little bit closer to home, take a look at the Washington Nationals. Look at how much the league has grown since Alex and Sidney Crosby came into the NHL. Leonsis said of the Pittsburgh Penguin star, they made those comparisons a long time ago to Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, but it's very uh, innocuous to that. The whole league was lifted up. So just, uh, you know, that's what they're talking about is that both Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, they have played a huge role with making hockey bigger uh, than, you know, it's been in previous seasons. And I'm not trying to say that, 
you know, the NHL wasn't big before, but especially I'm going to kind of just tie this in with Washington, D.C. is what Alex Ovechkin means to the Capitals and what he means to the team as a whole. Um, If you subtracted Alex Ovechkin from this team right now, say he got traded away or he just walked away from hockey, how do you think this team would fare? Um, I, th- those are, you know, some great questions to ask, you know, minus his 50 goal seasons, minus his 20 goal seasons, his 30 goal seasons, those are a substantial amount of goals and safe to say suffices to say that a lot of those games may not have been won if Alex Ovechkin wasn't here, his leadership, all of that. Those are big things that Alex brings to this team. And they're not easy to to quantify. So um, that's what he's talking about there. So kind of trying to be a little passive aggressive, I guess, when you could, what you could say that, you know, trying to dismiss uh, some of Ovechkin's goals because they're empty netters. He brings into focus that Wayne Gretzky also uh, had a bunch of empty net goals. So I think to try to diminish anything that Alex Ovechkin has done uh, because they're empty net goals is a bit uh, ridiculous, if you ask me. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about Dylan Strom and what is the long-term plan for him in D.C. after Nick Backstrom returns. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Capitals game like the Capitals take on the Stars or the Caps take on the Maple Leafs. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we are going to talk about Dylan Strom. And Dylan Strom was a player that was picked up in the offseason because we knew that Nick Backstrom had to have that hip resurfacing procedure. And kind of the book on it is that you are out usually for a season, sometimes a season plus. As it turns out, it seems like Nick Backstrom's progress is going much ahead of schedule. As we know, he's traveling with the team and skating on the ice in a non-contact jersey uh, along with Tom Wilson. So he is progressing. But the reason that Capitals went out and picked up Dylan Strom was a bit of a stopgap. But, you know, the good thing about Dylan Strom is that he can also play wing. So when Nick Backstrom comes back in, in whatever capacity Nick Backstrom comes in, there's, there's flexibility there. So say, you know, Nick Backstrom isn't quite up to 100%. Well, then obviously Dylan Strom can fill in. But say for some reason Backstrom comes back and he just lights it up and he is 100%. 
then they could always look at slotting him in, maybe lower in the lineup or perhaps at wing. He's comfortable uh, with all of that. But the question remains, is long-term after this season, it's a one-year deal uh, to sign with the Capitals. Um, you know, uh, kind of an odd move by the Blackhawks, a team that is kind of struggling for an identity, a team that's going through a rebuild of its own decided to pass on Dylan Strom, who seems like such a great piece. So it seems a bit odd that the Blackhawks wanted to pass on him. But in any event, their loss is the Capitals' gain. But what do the Capitals plan to do with him in the years to come? Since the start of the 18-19 season, Strom has the same number of points as Nico Heischer and TJ Oshie, and one more than Alex Petrangelo, two more than Andres Lee, and three more than Eric Carlson. He's a proven, viable NHL center. The guy can play, writes The Athletic. But seven years after the Arizona Coyotes made him the third pick in 2015 NHL draft, and more than a quarter of the way through his fifth full NHL season, the judge and the jury is somehow still out on Strom. And, you know, when I take a look at him, I don't have a lot of uh, negativity to pull away from Dylan Strom. I think he does a great job. He's not perfect. But, uh, you know, I don't think the Capitals were looking for a perfect player. They were looking, again, like I said, for someone that's a stopgap to fill in for Nick Backstrom in his absence. Patrick Kane said he's a good player. I think everyone knows that he kind of got the short end of the stick at the beginning of the year last year not playing. He definitely should have been in the lineup. Then he gets a chance with Debrinket and I or Ovechkin. If he plays with good players, he's going to produce. And we have seen that. I mean, we've seen him slot in on the top line. We've seen him slot in on the second line. But there's always um, a spot for him on the team. So the question then is about Nick Nicholas Backstrom. With Nick Backstrom's NHL future unclear, the Capitals went into free agency in need of a top six center after not receiving a qualifying offer from the Blackhawks. Strom wanted a team that could bookend him with quality wingers, and I think Taylor made uh, for the Washington Capitals, if you ask me. But even after the Caps signed him to a one-year, three point five million dollar. Prove me contract on the second day of free agency. Strom was not guaranteed a spot on Washington's first or second line as he had to push past 2019 first round draft pick Connor McMichael in order to earn it. And as we know how that's all played out, it doesn't seem like there was really much of any competition there. I know that Connor McMichael is the crown jewel of the Washington Capitals. I get that. He's the future. But as of right now, the Washington Capitals are not in the green banana business. What do I mean? They want a winner right now. They don't want a guy that's going to be good in a couple years. And I, I know all the detractors. They come out, come at me on Twitter and YouTube and they say, Dan, he's just never been given his opportunity. And he has been given his opportunity and he just does not seem to to take advantage of it. You know, I know he hasn't had a lot of opportunity, but he has had some opportunity. And, uh, you know, then those same people say, well, look how good he's doing in Hershey. And I know that Hershey and the AHL in general is a really great league, but it's not quite the same as the NHL. Um, I do think that he will have a spot on this year in, in, a, in the years to come. But like we talked about in the previous segment, I don't think that Ted Leonsis, I don't think that um, Brian McClellan or, you know, Peter Laviolette, I don't think that they want to tinker too much with young players based on the promise that was made to Alex Ovechkin that he was going to play 
on a competitive team. So you can't have a bunch of young guys on the team that don't perform. And I, I do want these guys on the team at some point, just when that remains to be seen. So that leaves the question of Dylan Strom. I think that the Capitals made the right decision by going with Dylan Strom. In my opinion, Dylan Strom is the better player over Connor McMichael right now. I'm not talking all time, but as of right now, I believe that's the case. But which he had a strong preseason underscored by four points, three goals, one assist in four exhibitions. He's been proving general manager Brian McClellan and coach Peter LaViolette right ever since. Strom had six goals and 16 assists in 30 games, putting him on pace for 60 points, which would be a career high. His 22 points are tied for Evgeny Kuznetsov for second on the Caps, as only Alex Ovechkin has more with 30. Meanwhile, Strom's 11 points on the power play are second only to Ovechkin's 13. Strom has centered the first and second line. He's found a fit on a star-laden power play unit and on occasion has drawn tough defensive assignments such as matching up against Connor McDavid. It doesn't get better any bigger than that. In Edmonton last week, he's also shown the ability to mesh with Ovechkin, which isn't the easiest job. Most importantly, though, Strom has been good where Washington needs him to be driving offense. Per sports logic, he ranks among the top three on the caps in a number of key offensive areas. And those areas are slot passes, inner slot shots, forecheck chances, rebound chances, slot chances, and cycle chances. So my takeaway from all of this is if they can find a way to re-up him next season, um, I think that it would be a good idea. Where is he going to fit in? I guess I ultimately don't know. I know that Lars Eller is injured. Um, I do know that uh, there's some guys that are up for contract at the end of the season, and there's some questions that are going to have to be answered. You know, what kind of season is Anthony Mantha going to continue to have? A very hot and cold player. He's playing hot right now. We've been here before. We've seen this movie before. But then all of a sudden, it's like the faucet turns off and he goes away for a while. So it's kind of really hard to know what the best thing to do is with a lot of these players. I guess, you know, we have the rest of the season to assess uh, the talent of the players that are on this team and how to decide going forward because it's not a really um, easy answer. But, you know, if you were asking me if they could find a way to re-up Strom, you know, it's going to depend on what kind of season he has. If he continues to light it up, then his value is going to go, it's going to go up, right? So it's going to be more difficult for the Capitals to sign him. But in, you know, that's not my job. What I'm saying is if they can find a way to, to sign him to, uh, you know, maybe not a huge deal, you know, maybe for a two or three year deal, then I think that would be a good choice. I wouldn't sign him to a long-term deal based on the fact that we do have Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre and those kind of players in the wings ready, uh, just not right now. So that's my take on that is that he will be ready in time. The Capitals have just got to be patient. And I think, you know, it, it's going in time, it's going to be the turn for Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre. It just has to be when the time is right. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the breakout season of Charlie Lindgren and the games coming up ahead. We'll talk about that next. with your friends and putting back a few drinks a few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out 
you think of calling a, a cab? Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You're, you lose your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about the backup. The backup, I'll put in air quotes, because I know he is the backup for the team, but he has been playing better than some of the starters out there. He was ranked the NHL's first star of the week. They don't just give those out to anyone. Capitals goaltender Charlie Lindgren has been named the NHL's first star of the week. Ending December 11th, the NHL announced today. Lingeran 28 posted a record 4-0-0 with a 1.50 goals against average and a .949 save percentage in four starts. In addition, Lingeran recorded a 1.26 goals against average and a .95 save percentage at 5-on-5. During the four-game stretch, which began on December 5th at Edmonton, Lingeran stopped 50 of 52 shots. That's good for a .962 save percentage faced in the third period in 49 of 51 shots. Lindgren allowed two or fewer goals in each of his four starts, including consecutive starts where he allowed just one goal. Lindgren is the 10th different Capitals goaltender to earn first star player of the week honors and the first since Braden Holtby. Oh yes, the great Braden Holtby years. I look back on those so fondly for the week ending March 14th. Lindgren's four-game win streak marks the second longest of his NHL career. Last season with the St. Louis Blues, Lindgren won five straight games going 5-0-0 with a 1.22 goals against and a 9.58 save percentage. This season, Lindgren has a record of 6-3-2. This was from a couple days ago, but he has continued to win and has not lost a game since taking over for Darcy Kemper, just an unsung and just really great player. Um, the Capitals have earned at least one point in eight of the 10 games Lingren has started among goaltenders with 10 or fewer starts this season. Lingren ranks tied for fifth in the NHL in wins. And you know, guys, it was one of the things in the offseason when Brian McClellan didn't offer up qualifying offers to Ilya Samsonov or Vitek Vanacek. A statement move suffices to say. You know, there was everyone last year and actually the last two years we were talking about the inconsistency in net. And Brian McClellan said, message sent, message received. I got it. Guess what? You two, we've seen enough. Time to move on. Well, as it turns out, Vanacek is doing well in New Jersey and Ilya Samsonov um, just got off doing uh, playing another shutout. So he is doing a good job up in Toronto. And, you know, at what I'm trying to say here, great on Brian McClellan for going out and signing Darcy Kemper, despite the fact that he's injured, he'll be back at some point. But his real, you know, being able to see down the football field and solidifying it by signing a solid backup, backup goalie, just has been really, a, just a really great move. And then also you have Hunter Shepard, who is waiting for his opportunity 
I do think that when he's called upon, he will play excellent as well. All right, so just taking a look at the games coming up ahead, the Washington Capitals take on the first place Dallas Stars, who sit in first place in the Central. They are 17-8-5 with 39 points. And just taking a look at the record here, this is going to be another good measuring stick. In their last game, Dallas beat the New Jersey Devils 4-1, to and the, um, excuse me, the Dallas Stars lost the game before that, but they are coming off beating a formidable opponent in the form of the New Jersey Devils. So they beat them 4-1, to statement win. Um, this is going to be a good measuring stick for the Washington Capitals, a good litmus test, if you will. Because like I say, it's one thing to win games against poor opponents. It's one other thing to beat a formidable opponent. And that will be the case with the Dallas Stars. So if the Caps can continue in their winning ways going forward, that is going to change you know, everyone's thoughts about this team because, you know, it is a fickle business, this hockey business. Now everyone's singing the praises. If you watch the game on ESPN, they're saying, you know, now, I mean, everyone was talking about how bad this Capitals team is, but I always kind of knew they were good. And I'm like, give me a break. No, you didn't. Everyone had dismissed this team and kind of written them off. But now that they're playing well, everyone is singing their praises. And uh, it is going to be interesting. If they can continue to go forward and they can take down the Dallas Stars, that is going to be a big deal. Make no mistake about it. So then the next game they're going to play is against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Another tough ask in the last game against the Rangers, or excuse me, that game is going on Thursday. In the game before, Toronto took down the Anaheim Ducks by a score of seven to nothing. That's quite something. The game before that, they took down the Calgary Flames. It was five to four in overtime. And then against the LA Kings, it was five to nothing. Toronto, it was four to nothing over the Dallas Stars. So you can see what I'm getting at here. This is going to be a tough task for the Capitals to take down the Maple Leafs as well. They sit in second place in the Atlantic. They are 19-5-6. So it is going to be a tough thing for the Capitals to find a way to win. And, you know, since I was just talking about a goalie, Ilya Samsonov, our former uh, goaltender, gets another shutout. Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender Ilya Samsonov recorded his second consecutive shutout on Tuesday as the team crushed Anaheim 7-0 after keeping the Kings at bay for with 29 saves. Samsonov needed to make 28 saves this time around to keep a clean sheet. He is now rocking a shutout streak of 152-34. It's been a, a superb debut campaign for the former Washington Capitol player as Samsonov has gone 9-2-0 with a 1.70 goals against average and a .939 save percentage. He hasn't... Uh, he hasn't yet dropped a single game at home in eight appearances, becoming only the third Toronto goalie to get off such, to such a start um, on home ice. This is in um, a Roto Baller, um, a publication. So where were these goalies last year? Where were they the year before? Where was this Ilya Samsonov on the Washington Capitals? Where was that Vitek Vanacek on the Washington Capitals? You can tie your head in knots trying to think about why they didn't play that way here. You could say it's not the same defense. It's not the same schemes. It's not the same layouts. 
that's probably the case because I'm going to be willing to bet that they didn't become that much better goalies, you know, since last season. You know, I think that ultimately um, it's, it's a funny thing. Sometimes just a change in zip code can make all the difference in the world. Um, and it's proof in the pudding here. I mean, take a look at it. It's not just, you know, a one-off. Vanacek is doing well in New Jersey. Samsonov is doing good in Toronto. Why weren't they able to do it here? It is a bit frustrating to think about, you know, but um, in any case, I am happy in the direction that the Washington Capitals went. I am still ultimately, despite the fact that those two goalies are playing well on their other respective teams, I am still happier with a Darcy Kemper, Charlie Lindgren tandem any day of the week. And I'm sure as Capitals fans, you are as well. And I look forward to what the Capitals have going forward here. Can they make a push into the playoffs? I know we're still a little bit early to be talking about that. But in the meantime, they have to make up some ground. That's the biggest thing going forward here for the Caps. So the Capitals are 15-12-4 with 35 points. And the Rangers... um, So the Capitals have 34 points. The Rangers have 35 points. The Islanders have 35. The Penguins, 38. So you see what I'm getting at here. There's not this huge disparity between the, you know, the Capitals, Rangers, Islanders, and Penguins, which are directly above them in the standings for the Metro Division. There's going to be a bit of a taller ask to beat the Devils if that is in fact their plan. Um, But it is, you know, there is enough runway ahead of them to do that. So uh, it is going to be interesting. And then there is a little bit of leeway there. So the Capitals sit sixth in the Metro, but the Flyers underneath them have 25 points and the Blue Jackets have 22. And, you know, if you're asking me, I don't see the Flyers or the Blue Jackets catching fire and surpassing the Capitals. I just don't see that happening. I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen for your next listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcasts. So, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.